In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. Christos Anesti. We've heard this gospel, or parts of it, before in these, this last month, even in the last couple of weeks. And we know from Friday evening, Holy Friday especially, when our young ladies come up and we're here with the Kuvuklion and they circle around and they're throwing rose petals, of course, and flowers. They're the, the Nidofori Ginekas, the myrrh-bearing women. They symbolize and represent who are, as we read in the gospel, heard in the gospel, there to perform and to express their love for the body of Christ, the literal body of Christ in this instance, to prepare his body, to take care of his body, thinking that he was dead and in the tomb and still there. And then of course, as we read here in this gospel, they were amazed. Even the, the translated word is, is frightened, but they were, they were amazed. They were just as we heard from so many accounts before of the human response to the mystery of what Christ wanted to express to them. That he would, and he said this so many times, destroy the temple and I will rebuild it in three days, he said. And the disciples didn't understand. And then even when he was crucified and resurrected, even in this gospel, there was still not quite the deep understanding of this meaning. And then as we go on this period of time, each and every encounter with the Lord, the risen Lord, there is a deeper and deeper and greater understanding. But we lift up three or two individuals and then of course the myrrh-bearing women today. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, and the myrrh-bearing women, some of which are identified here in this gospel. And the common theme between all of them is that even in the first words of the gospel, we heard that Joseph took courage because he was part of the group that ultimately put Christ to death, the Sanhedrin, the ones who were likely shouting, crucify him, crucify him, when Pilate was asking them what to do with the Christ. So it would have meant, at the very least, expulsion from this group of people, and likely even death to Joseph. But he was a believer. He was a believer in Christ, in Jesus Christ. And so he did what it says in the Gospel, and then Nicodemus also had courage so that they could take care of Christ. The myrrh-bearing women, most prominently, were the first to witness that he was, as it says, he is no longer here. 
Don't be amazed. He is no longer here. He has risen. And even, even in this, imagine if, if this was us who were there to grieve and found that the body of our loved one was not there. I think amaze doesn't even express what we would feel, how we would feel, what we would do. But they were there first and foremost to take care of the body of Christ. And so they too expressed and even in their amazement, even in their, if you understand this word to be fear, they were there. And they went back and told the others about this indeed miraculous event. And so they too had courage. And we see this throughout this time, that these are the people, the individuals, both these two men and this group of women who were there all along the way, all through the events that led up to where we are today in the scriptures that we read. And so we look to them, which is why we lift them up today, especially the Murberry women, for their courage, for their faith, for their love and their dedication to the literal body of Christ, and by extension to us today, for taking care of our love, for our devotion, for our courage to take care of, to express, to go and witness to the world about the body of Christ. This is the message of today's gospel. But it also falls on a day where we honor and we celebrate our mothers on, Mother day, uh, on Mother's Day. And that very same courage and dedication and love and courage, because being a mother, as I'm sure many of the mothers here, if not all would say, takes courage, especially with teenagers. Courage. Being a mother is, the very, is why we celebrate our mothers today. The Murbearing women, the Murbearing women did so at the tomb, knowing, knowing that they too would be subject to potentially death themselves. But yet, lovingly caring for the body of Christ, they did so with courage. So we too honor and celebrate our mothers today. And in the church, we have so many wonderful examples, none greater and none more fitting than the Theotokos the mother of our Lord, who was certainly there by the cross when she witnessed her son's death, but continued to be there and was even taken care of by John the theologian, who we also commemorate today, for the rest of her life, as we heard from the words of our Lord. We've heard a lot about this recently, about, and we, heard, we hear this on the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25th, about the response of Mary when the angel, Archangel Gabriel, said, Do not fear, for you will give birth 
to God. You will give birth to the Christ. You will give birth to Jesus. And though she pondered these things in her heart, she was committed fully to giving birth to the Lord. Every one of us has a mother. Not all of us, certainly men, are called to be mothers, and not all women are called to be mothers. But none of us would be here today without our mother. This would be an empty building if it wasn't for our mothers. Think about that. Not a one of us would be here without the love, devotion, and thank God the choice that our mothers made to give us birth. None of us would be here. Ponder on that for a moment. Not all of us are called to do that, but each and every one of us has a mother. This is why we honor our mothers this day. This is why we honor and remember the myrrh-bearing women. This is why the Theotokos is at the highest place here in the Alps, holding her child, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, through all these events that we've celebrated these past few weeks, gave us the opportunity for new life, new life and eternal life. You see, everything we celebrate, everything we preach, everything we teach, everything we live is about life. And not just life, but life more abundantly. The fullness of life that can only come, that we can only experience in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the feast of feasts, the festival of festivals that we celebrate. This is why we're here. And it's an act of divine love that we are here. Let us not forget that. And no matter what noise we hear outside of the church, no matter what noise we hear, let's always remember and let that be the response that we give, that our Lord came, that our Lord died and sacrificed and was resurrected to offer life and eternal life. This is a gift, and the gift of the life that each and every one of us has because of our mother and our father and the Holy Spirit. But don't ever forget, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our mother. So that's why we celebrate and honor our mothers today. Let us do so as we rejoice and sing these beautiful hymns about the myrrh-bearing women let us remember our mothers. Let us remember their sacrifice, their love, their devotion, their courage, just like the Murbury women. And let us give thanks to our Lord for our mothers, for these Murbury women that we read about, and for all who devote their lives and sacrifice to the body of Christ. Amen.